Coming up in this episode, Randy and I are going to talk about nonsensical, babbling bullshit, thing that we do best. Also, we'll touch a little bit about the weather is changing out there, getting a little bit cooler. Some of the things that you might want to think about before venturing out in the cold weather. And also, we're going to touch a little bit about next week's episode. We're going to have a special guest. So stick around towards the end of the podcast. We'll talk about that. Ladies and gentlemen, may I direct your attention to something quite extraordinary, quite incredible, quite unlike anything you may have experienced in your life. Shut up and sit down. Welcome to Random Thoughts from the Road on the Ozark Rides Digital Network. Conversations about motorcycles, any random thoughts that pop into our head, and of course, one of the best places to ride in America, the Ozark Mountains of Missouri and Arkansas. And now, here's your host from OzarkRides.com, Craig Allen and Randy Lewis. I don't know what's wearing out faster, me or my bike. What I do know is that if your bike needs maintenance, then you need to go to Heartland Honda in Springdale, the first level five Honda powerhouse dealer in Arkansas. Their red level technicians can keep you rolling. Plus, Heartland Honda has a huge selection of Honda motorcycles, ATVs, and side-by-sides, all with excellent financing options. So give them a call at 479-751-7022. Or find them online at heartlandhonda.com. Heartland Honda. Work hard, play hard. I want to tell you about a legal team whose members are both experienced motorcycle riders and aggressive lawyers. Law Tigers. Now, Law Tigers is not a law firm or a lawyer referral service. They're a national association of motorcycle accident injury lawyers who are ready to assist you with your accident claims. Each Law Tiger has their own law firm, and they have a great website that can help you with a lot of your questions. So go to LawTigers.com and put their number in your phone, 888-863-7216. There's someone there 24 hours a day, 7 days a week to help you with any of your questions. Law Tigers Motorcycle Lawyers, helping riders find answers. Well, if you love getting your kicks on Route 66, then take a ride through Pulaski County, Missouri. This 33-mile stretch of the Mother Road is filled with beautiful scenery, great throwback diners, and made-from-scratch meals, and plenty of historic sites as well. Some of the top highlights of the ride include Hooker Cut, which was once rumored to be the deepest cut road in America. The limestone walls are truly impressive. Devil's Elbow, which was once known as one of the Seven Wonders of Missouri. Three impressive rivers, including the Big Piney, the Gasconade, and the Robodeau. All in all, the drive takes about an hour and a half, but you'll want to give yourself a little extra time because part of the fun is stopping and visiting with the locals. Download their app at PulaskiCountyUSA.com. Digital downloads to find even more impressive stops. You know, I told you about Let's Roll Motorcycle Lift and Dolly, and it is a fantastic dolly. Now, Randy, you've tried this out for a little while. What's your impression of this thing? Yeah. Being the ace mechanic. Shit, I don't know about ace. I'm just a dirty man. If it's, it's a comparative level, if you're talking about between you and me, <laughs> you're the pedophilia of mechanics. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's actually pretty sweet. At first, I didn't re- understand, you know, how well it would work, how nice it would be. You know, I'm always skeptical about shit like that for whatever reason, 
but the thing absolutely works. I really like the idea that it comes with a flat jack. So you put the jack underneath the center of the motorcycle, you jack it up. Once you get it up in the air, then you roll this cradle underneath the motorcycle that fits out around your jack that you just used to jack it up. And then you simply just lower the jack down, set the bike on the cradle. It comes super easy to install. A little bit of adjustability on your height. As far as the cradle goes, there's, I think there's two bolt holes. You can set it all the way down or up another inch and a half higher than that. Gets the bike up relatively 10, 12 inches or so off the ground. So guys that want to clean their wheels, clean all the under stuff. This cradle that it sits on is really, really wide. So it's the front of the frame and the back of the frame. What's really cool is it doesn't require any strap downs. No. I mean, it's solid. It stays put. Yeah, so the idea of having the wide cradle that's wider than the jack, it really makes it nice and easy to to set it on. And then once it's on there, a sucker's on there. My fat ass tried, you know, I think I'd done it with my chopper and a couple of Harleys. I did it with a my chopper, my FLH, and then another small motorcycle. I think it was a soft tail standard is what it was, just to see how it all worked. Obviously, all Harleys. They were kind enough to send us the adapter plate that goes for it for Indian as well. So that was pretty sick, you know, big ups to them, hats off. Super easy to install, basic hand tools. The casters are really nice casters on my garage floor, you know, full concrete shop floor. It spins, it rolls easy. I mean, it's pretty nice little setup. It is. It is a great product. I think it's the best motorcycle lift there is out there. It is 100% American made. It has a lifetime warranty. Uh, It'll handle up to 1,200 pounds. So if you'd like to know more about it or see some videos on it, simply go to OzarkRides.com. You'll see it right there on the homepage. Just scroll down just a little bit and click the link and all the details are in there. And heck, if you want to get one of your own, don't hesitate. I mean, it's it's a great product. You will not be sorry. Welcome back to another episode of Random Thoughts from the Road. We're sure glad that you showed up. With me as always is Randy Little Lewis from <laughs> Bike Works in Urbana, Missouri. How are uh, you today, young fella? All I've got to say is... F is the word. After I provided you with, and you can go on to the Ozark Rides website, to the podcast page, and find a nice picture of Randy (laughs) with his whiskey glass filled with Maker's Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Let me me describe it so they can get a visual. Little bunny-shaped ice cubes with a pink umbrella and fruit just right in your wheelhouse. Shit. Everything got through aside and you started sucking down the whiskey. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm like, all right, where are you going to put all this crap? Because yeah. I'm about to throw it on the I floor. I figured you, you would just <laughs> eat it since they soaked in whiskey. <laughs> yeah. We're going to let that ferment a little bit longer. A little bit longer. Yeah. Well, anyways, we got things. We got you happy again. It's one of those things beer. where it's like, I appreciate it. But at the same time, I'm going to punch you right in the cocksucker. <laughs> That's why I did it. That's exactly why I did oh, it. Oh, man. It's just such a catch-22. I know. You're damned if you do and damned if you don't. Yeah, yeah. So, well, what's been going on with you? Oh, man. It's just that time of year, man. It's just that time of oh, year. Oh, yeah. The leaves are changing. It's a beautiful weather. Of course, yep. it's, right now as we record this, it's foggy as hell out yeah the only thing i like about that is everybody else is stoved up in their house we get people off the road yeah this is the time where i'm like hell yeah let's get out and go do some shit exactly 
You know? Have you had a busy week? It's just status quo, man. It's just another day, another dollar. Yeah. It seems like I'm spending dollars and stacking pennies is what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the way things are nowadays. It's not not another day, another dollar. It's another day, another quarter. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. When your $100 equals about 20 bucks anymore. Exactly. But nah, man, I can't complain. Very, very, very blessed. Got a good glass of whiskey. I'm alive. Shop's still open. Still got people calling, wanting to get in. So what more could you want? Yeah, honestly, like I get tied up in the day to day and the frustration with with some of the bullshit and just, you know, what most people deal with day to day life. And then it takes a couple hard weeks where I'm just like, you know what? F everyone, F everything. I'm going to go freaking sit in the garage and work on this old Harley. Or Takes look me at, about 20 look at minutes. This. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then just, and then finally I can recenter and be like, this is just craziness. Exactly. Just it. How Why is worry? your daughter's motorcycle coming along? We haven't had an update on that in a while. Yeah, so she turned 14. Yep. So I'm Re- feeling the pressure. people again, once again, that maybe are not familiar. She is... In a bike building project? Yes, 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 yes. So her and I have somewhat have designed a 83 Sportster that I put a lead sled customs hardtail kit on. Um, designing it around what she kind of wants and what she likes. And I am just about done with the fab work. I don't really have much more left. Now it's where the, the money comes in. You know, paint it wire it, put new tires on it, do all that bullshit. She's going to get a paper route and start mowing lawns? <laughs> no, these spoiled ass kids anymore. It's just daddy work more. Yeah. Nah, she's she's a good woman, honestly. I, I say a good woman because she's 14, but she acts like she's about 21 or 25. Like, No, I can't even say that, honestly, because today's 21 and 25-year-olds do not even act like she does. They act like they're 14. Yeah, she literally acts like she's a grown ass adult woman with kids. Like she cleans a house every Sunday or every Monday, gets paid. She, I mean, she's just, she's a good person. She's a good kid. Yep. I'll thank you not to mention that I said so. Uh, we don't tell her, so don't no, worry about it. No. <laughs> so that's what's going on with her bike is, is I've got a couple little things. I got to position the rear fender. And then build an exhaust mount. And I think that's really about it. And then I'll strip it and have it painted. The idea and the goal is to, when she's ready to get her motorcycle permit or her license, it's ready to go. Yeah. And she's had, you know, I ideally I'd like her to have six months to a year time before so she can get comfortable and get used to the bike. Well, sure. You don't want them out there fresh, you know, when they yeah. just got a license. Yeah. Well, I got... A nice package in the mail yesterday or a Who was it from? Was it some dude? Chrome. Oh, Chrome. Don't go down that road. I I thought maybe it was a FedEx driver had a nice package and that's what you were into. No, she uh, she did not. And she was about five foot two, dressed out at about 300 pounds. Oh, yeah, baby. That's right in your wheelhouse. (laughs) F F yeah, (laughs) man. Corn Fred, Missouri chick. Yeah, exactly. So I got this uh, thing that you're working on or you've built mm-hmm. for my bike, a custom yep. uh, jockey shift yep. on a bike that is not designed to be jockey shift. No. We've just got a little temporary rig on it now, but now we're styling with all new chrome parts and custom handles and yep. I'm excited to get it back out onto the road. Me too. I'm, I'm ready to see the redesign. Get it out, read, get it out of your shop. The Once one, again, it's in the, his shop. The one that you're trying to sell? Is that what you're talking about? I'm not selling that bike. 
maybe not now, but last week he asked you, and it's for I sale. thought about it, and I thought yeah. about it sincerely, and I told you, here's the price. <laughs> if somebody hands you the cash, go ahead and take it. But you know what? We talked about this last time. I get very sentimental about my bike. The more I thought about it, and when you came in this morning, I said, that son of a bitch is off the market. No. I don't, but, I don't no. All right, let's let's no. just back it up. Let's just no. back it up one second. Hell no, but hell's no. It's not for sale today. It's but never, it was but, a, it was for sale for what? About a week? No, oh, bullshit. Could, it's two been weeks. There. It's been there a month. Has it been there a month? It's been there a month. And you've had people that want to buy it, but nobody that has opened it. up their wallet. So let's just let's just clear the air. It's not for sale. Air cleared. It's not for sale at this moment, but when it was for sale, why was it for sale? You know, no Jeopardy music. Let's just put it out there. I don't, I, I, you know, I'm old. I don't recall. Bullshit. Your honor, (laughs) I don't recall. Your honor, I, I. Fuck the fifth. On the gown. (laughs) Fuck the the fifth. On the grounds that I. It may incriminate me. Yeah. You want yeah. me to say it, don't you? You don't want to do. say it. You want me to say it. Yep. I was going to sell it for a couple of reasons. Number, number one, one being? Number one, because Victory shut down their operations. It's not and the simple. bike still runs great. But number one, the Victory company, which is Polaris, shut down the Victory motorcycle line. I felt like that, hey, it's not going to be too awful long that... When something does go wrong with it, and it will because it's a piece of machinery, I won't be able to get the part for it. So I thought, well, maybe is now is a good time to think about unloading it. Number two, and here's where the you just wipe the big ass grin <laughs> off your face. I'm gonna take a to toast to this. Yeah. Number two understands. was I thought maybe if I'm going to sell this, I ought to get a bike that uh there would be a lot of options out there for customization and there would for the foreseeable future be parts readily available for it. So do I have to say it? You're fucking right. You do. I had decided that I would go ahead and sell my bike, turn that around and get a. All right, Davidson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You said that like you're packing meat somewhere you shouldn't be packing oh, I'm meat. Packing meat. Yeah. <laughs> somewhere <laughs> you shouldn't be though. <laughs> so all, all right. right. There's there's Craig's political. It was point logical. But my the only bike, way you got to your logical reasoning is because I, I long- flipped you and said, listen, victory's not being made anymore. At, at some point in time that's gonna be obsolete. You're better off selling it now while the market's still decent. Then get you into a Harley. And you had literally said to me, I'd never thought about that. You're right. I just like, I did, if, it's, if you don't mind, I'd just soon change the subject. <laughs> yes. So the whole premise behind this no was, more whiskey for you. was not to get out of victory or anything like that. It was to get into a Harley. That was that, the entire, that was the entire premise. That's your take of it. But that's not true. Why else would you spend all the time, all the effort, all the energy into making your Vic what you want? And then as soon as we're about done with that, you say, eh, I'm going to sell it. Because, and then because not you're corruptible. Say, and you're then not say, me. I'm going to go buy an Indian. I'm going to go buy a Harley. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> we actually had that conversation. And did I not tell you 
I would rather and love to have an Indian. However, it just simply wasn't in my budget. However, yeah. your words, I can buy and sell Harleys for next to nothing all day long. You can get you into something dirt cheap. Can you get something into the Indian dirt cheap? No, not even a used one. Well, However, because I'm talking about Harleys buy, that are older than the Indian brand is. Good Lord. Say and then that the again. other part that kind of turned me off was I spent a lot of time getting this bike just the way I want it. Hold the phone. And money. Like that, uh, it didn't it start all go. over? There you go. Say the money part. Yeah, the money. Shit for time. You've been waiting for someone else to do it. I did some of it myself before you came along, young fellow. <laughs> you didn't um, get it. I'm not you even saying that. I'm not saying that I've you done didn't everything. Get it. Uh, uh, stock who because who would buy that bike stock i don't know but i did see one <laughs> i've got one in my shop i had one there the i saw one uh yesterday oh. online uh from the vic shop in uh, iowa yeah bone stock touring cruiser god they were ugly yeah look up a the 99 to 2003 v92 classic tour and tell me what you think about that it was ugly and so was mine when i got it yeah. bone stock uh, 18,000 miles for like $3,800 or something like that. Oh man, that's just rough. Yeah, it really is. That's just rough. Cause they're, I mean, other than, I mean, you don't have to leave it ugly. You can do no. your magic to it, but that's a solid bike mechanically. And not too bad. I would say truthfully, in my opinion, just for what I know about the whole situation pre 2004, 2005 ish, those victories weren't the best. It's pre 2002. See, I'm that's different. where I've done my homework. 2002 before the victories were junk, primarily their transmissions yeah. and they've reworked them and redid them. The, uh, V92 from 2003, which is what mine is mm -hmm. on is a, a rock solid. Those engines, the V92s, were actually even better mechanically and durability and reliability than the follow-on uh, bigger 96. engines. The, the 96 well, and the 103? 103, and it was a 101. Ah, something like that. Something I, like that. To be honest with you, they I, ended don't, up at a I don't really pay attention to the bottom of the list. Oh, okay. <laughs> Swear to God, I'm going to start shopping for a replacement for you. Man, you should. It would only be beneficial for you. Okay. But I came to my senses. No Harley. <laughs> We're sticking with victory until I can afford a good used Indian. All right, Jekyll. Now listen to Hyde's side of that. Okay? Yeah. Nobody wanted your victory. So you're like, well, lie. I guess How I'll have to keep it. How many times have you told? <laughs> he I has guess told I'll have to keep me it. on several occasions that people have come into the shop and go, what the heck is that? Well, you know, And you had one guy that said, I want it. I'll take it. A victory guy, yeah. Well, so he wanted it and he would take it, but he didn't actually. Right. Talk is cheap So until the dust comes out of the wallet. So here's the realistic point of view on this. Okay, so it's sitting well, in we a- we better get somebody else in here to talk about it. It's sitting in a showroom where it's compared good. to- a KFX 250 dirt bike, a Yamaha V-Star 1100. That's a good bike. A <laughs> go-kart, an Africa Twin, and then it does happen to be currently sitting next to a 1950 Panhead Chopper. Sweet bike. Who gets all the attention, and then they're like, oh, wait, what is this? This one's for sale, though? Well, that's a pretty cool bike. So it's all about comparison. 
All right. There's no, <laughs> there's no changing you. What no. he says off mic and what he says on mic, two I'm, different things. I'm just a shit talker. I know you are. That's why I like to bash. What is it? You ride Kawasaki? Oh, Harley. I'll ride a Kawasaki. Yeah, you did. Yeah, fuck yeah, I did. Yeah. And I rode a Yamaha V-Star one time Yep. Uh, I also, for a while, and that was a good bike. I also currently have a 1978 KZ1000Z1R with 4,000 original miles. that bike. Would kill to have that bike like that. Yeah, that's that's a Kawasaki sit in my garage. Yeah. So as mentioned when we started this podcast, weather's changing. People are either going to be putting their bikes up or yeah. they're going to be uh, getting them ready to ride in the cooler weather, which is what you should be doing. <laughs> Let's be honest. Don't put your bike up. Most people are putting their bikes up. Don't do that. Don't be that guy. Man, I don't know how many times people call in and say, hey, I, I need this or I need that. And I schedule an appointment. They're like, well, well, hang on. I got, I got to check to see how cold it is that day or check the weather for that check day. Check to see how cold it is before they are willing to ride their bike to the shop. Yeah. And I'm like, look, motherfucker, like you called me asking me for an appointment. This is the day that I have open. It's just a little bit of cold. It's you didn't just- call them to see what their <laughs> schedule looked like. <laughs> no. So at that point, I just go, all right, well, why don't you let me know what day works for you? And I'll, I'll just have to make it happen. And I don't know if people entirely get the undertone of sarcasm and the irritation with that, but when they call you asking, when is the next available time and I give it to them and then that doesn't work out nine times out of 10 when I'm like, all right, well then it's going to be four more weeks. Nobody likes that. No, no, not at all. But they can't figure out a way to get their motorcycle to me on that day at that time. It's too cold. God. I'm an old man who has seen better days, so to speak, and it isn't too cold for me. So I say grow a pair, put on an extra layer, and get out there and ride. Yeah. Now with Don't that, let some old broke-down geezer show you up. Yeah. That's with that being said, I don't know a freaking soul that's like, hmm, it's 12 degrees outside and it's sleeting a little bit. Yeah, that sounds like a great time for a motorcycle ride. Well, you don't go out when it's icy and sleepy. So, you know. So, I mean, I see the catch 22, but you're talking yeah. about you know, right now we're seeing cold weather is like upper 40s, 50s, maybe yeah, a little bit. Nothing mist. to stop you from riding. No, hell no. Not in my opinion, especially when you're calling somewhere asking and begging for something to be done. Like, And if they're bringing a bike to your shop, they're not bringing it cross country. They're somewhere in the local area. Yeah, yeah, you would think so. You can get there in five or ten minutes. So what are some of the things that you would recommend that people do that are going to continue to ride their bikes? Is there anything special? Let it warm up. <laughs> let it warm up. Yeah, let it warm up. Put That's good right. fuel Air-cold additive bikes love this weather. Oh, yeah, it really does help. It, truthfully, you're talking about ambient air temperatures in the 30s and 40s. Frick, that, that drastically helps an air-cooled engine. But I would just say, you know, make sure you're running good oils into it. Put some additive in your fuel because it's it's going to be cold and yeah. it's going to be trash. Come this time of year, I, whenever I fill up, I always put a little additive into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And moisture gets into everything so much more, especially if you're a guy that parks in a heated and cooled garage and then goes out in 30 degree weather. You're going to have a heat exchange there. So you're going to get moisture in certain things. So what would you recommend as an additive? I, I've been putting in uh stable. So I there are different kinds of stable for cold weather, but yeah, I don't know if you think heat is better or 
So heat's designed to take the moisture out of fuel. Right. Is what it's designed to do. Big so, with truckers in the diesel fuel. Oh, yeah. Shit, with diesel, it's house. Like, I run house in my diesel truck, you know, all winter long. Every time I fill up, X amount of ounces of house. Um, so it anti-gelling and, you know, wicks moisture out of it. So heat is really what, for gasoline engines, is what takes moisture out. I would say burn your entire tank. Go out for a long-ass ride. Come back almost empty. Okay, but that doesn't answer the question to those that don't. <laughs> so do you have a particular uh, brand that you would say was C- better than others? So I typically run seafoam or put a little bit of heat into the gas mm-hmm. is what I do. It helps, like I said, it helps with the moisture, the hot and cold exchange create moisture. It helps with that in your fuel. Um, the seafoam helps keep everything kind of cleaned and somewhat of lubricated, if you will. I typically pour in seafoam maybe three times a year, and then in between, I use the other stuff. Yeah, so in my opinion, like, that that, three times a year, is you ain't doing shit. Really? Yeah. It doesn't clean it that fast or effectively, especially, you know, once every three months. So you're saying I should put it in every time I fill up. Yeah, if if you want it to absolutely do the most for it, put it in every time you fill up. Okay. See, even an old goat can learn something. <laughs> That's when you when you do that every occasionally, every so often, it can only do so much and you're not running it consistently so that it, it's it's just basically you're just wasting money. Okay, well, uh, you know how I love to do that. Yeah, yeah. So, especially on Chinese junk. I wouldn't know. I don't have anything that's Chinese junk. Not anymore. I've replaced it all, you prick. I don't don't ride a Harley (laughs) Davidson, but oh. Harley doesn't have shit produced from China. You're right. I stand corrected. It's in India and Taiwan. (laughs) My mistake. Pardon me. You know, when you're wrong, you're wrong. Get the F out of here. (laughs) So the other thing you want to think about is layers. You know, you go out there and put on a heavy coat or something like that or a nice thick leather jacket really is not going to help you that much. It'll cut the wind, but you need to think about layering. Now you can go to ozarkrides.com under stories and you'll find a whole article on how to stay warm in the winter if you choose to ride. And please don't disregard the idea of riding in the winter. You're going to find some of your best riding is done during the winter. Obviously, even I don't do this. Don't go out there and ride when the roads are icy or when it's sleeting or even in the winter when it's raining because the rain will turn to ice yeah. on the road pretty quick. Have some common sense. I shouldn't have to have a lawyer cut in here and give you the <laughs> fast-talking spiel about what not to do. Use your brain. But um, So here's the rougher side of that. Do whatever the F you want. Just don't bitch about the outcome. Oh, yeah. If you want to go ride on ice and you crash, Yeah. don't cry to me about it. Yeah. That's, because- the way, that's Honestly, that's the way that I look at it. Because to be 100% clear, like, I've ridden in snow. I've oh, ridden yeah. on ice. I've ridden when it was sub 30, sub 20s, and it's raining and stuff like that. Like, I've done that. But at the same time, I'm not going to piss and moan about being cold. And I'm not going to piss and moan about, oh, I almost had an incident. Like, you're no. full on know what you're signing up for when you go out on a day like that. Yeah, just common sense. Just common sense. So, here's what I love most about the winter. In the winter riding season, you know, say you're a guy that doesn't ride a whole lot, or if you are a guy that does ride a whole lot, what I like about the winter time in motorcycling is planning the next thing that I'm going to do. 
you know, most of the time you get, you get really early evenings. It gets dark super early. You've got a lot of dead time in the, you know, seven o'clock to 10 o'clock time because you don't really, you're not really out doing anything. Hell, it gets dark at like six, six thirty here. So I love the idea of planning on the next bike build, working on the next bike build, figuring out what the, the first trip I'm going to take in the springtime is, where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do, like planning all that stuff out to see it to fruition. Like hundred percent. Like that's, that's what's great about the, the wintertime riding is then you'll get that one or two days where you go out and it's freaking 12 degrees and everybody thinks you're a badass because you're riding to the gas station or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? It's just happens to be dry, but it's cold and people are like, Oh my God, this guy's a freak. You I don't know, know how many yeah, times baby. people have, you know, go to the gas station or something like that. And it's like that. out. Are you crazy? How are you staying warm? Well, I just say, well, the, the modern marvel of electricity, <laughs> you know, electric liners, and I stay as warm as I would be in my recliner in front of the fire. <laughs> You'd be surprised how hot you can get in those liners. Oh, yeah, dude. They'll burn your ass up if you oh, don't yeah. be careful. And I keep them turned low. See, and that's what's cool is like you could be warm and toasty and cruising on your motorcycle. And That's right. Like if you're a guy that really loves attention from other people, Dude, there's no better time to ride than in the winter because everybody gives you attention when you're on a motorcycle in the wintertime. Yeah, they all it's think stupid. you're crazy. <laughs> yes. yes. And liners nowadays are so thin and, you know, well-made. Uh-huh. You don't look like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. I mean, nobody knows you've got them on. So with that, you know, that's something I was thinking about earlier when you were talking about most people think the bigger, the puffier, the better. Absolutely like, not. No, in the winter, like... Tight fit clothing. Like if you're going to layer, put all that tight shit on early. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you might have three or four layers that take up the same amount of space that a sweatshirt wears. Wear those tight knit, tight fitting clothing and it'll protect you a lot better. Yeah. Then if you just really want to, you know, you could put a nice heavier jacket on over the top of all that stuff. Here's the the key. I mean, like I said, you can go to the Ozark Rides website and check out the article, but this is the it in a nutshell. Get yourself a wicking material for an underlayer against your skin. Mm -hmm. It pulls that sweat away from you. And then for me, and usually that material is real thin. It's almost like a silk, you know, Uh, so it's not bulky. Uh, And then the the electric liners that I have. And then uh, a light jacket over the top and a pair of jeans. And, uh, of course, the jeans I wear in the winter are the fleece-lined inside. Insulated. Insulated jeans awfully comfortable. And I'll tell you what, you stay warm. I mean, and I say electric liners, I mean, right down to the socks and uh, I say really warm. It really does. Here we go. I don't even know what he's going to say. I I really for sure for seeing you riding with like a lumberjack type dude, just rubbing and tugging on you the entire time you're riding, just keeping you nice and cozy. Boy's got a mouth like a cannon, always shooting it off. (laughs) <laughs> that's what that's what when you talk about winter riding that, like that, i'm like that remark doesn't even dignify a response i'm like oh really i just figured you had some paul bunyan looking motherfucker out there just rubbing and tugging on you <laughs> no, no fedex worker no no i know the fedex worker around here she's a cute chick not the one that dropped that off yesterday <laughs> says you <laughs> <laughs> anyways Wanted to let you all know that uh, next episode, we've got a special guest. 
very excited about having him come on, and he may be a uh, permanent fixture. I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. It's, of course, up to him. His name is Aaron Moore, and you're going to really want to tune in and listen to some of his stories. He has a 46 knucklehead, all original, and uh, he has ridden it from the furthest southern point of the United States down to the Key West, West, all the way up to Purdue, Alaska, and back and all over the country, like 18,000 miles on one trip, and done it twice. <laughs> Not good enough to just do it once. Do it twice. Well, you never know if the first time was a fluke. You got to make sure with the second time. Yeah, exactly. All on this 46 knucklehead. And it is an awesome story that he has to tell. Uh, in his spare time, he buys and rebuilds vintage Harleys. Yes, sir. And hot rods. Yep. And does uh, saddle work. This dude is just, you know, I'm a little, honestly. He's what you call a renaissance man. I'm a little bit jealous of this guy. Oh, I already told him I was. I've ridden all over this country, but I've never been to Alaska on a bike. Especially a Nuck. Yeah. So jealous of that. And I didn't even mind saying so. Well, the thing about it, like when you talk about motorcyclists and guys that love, I'll be honest, this is very biased for me, but history of Harley Davidson, like this guy is the epitome. Like I, I always thought Dale Waxler was like the notch that everybody measured themselves by. As it happens, Aaron was a good friend of Dale's. Right. You know, I could foresee this guy being the next Dale. Truth, truth be told, like for what he... I don't know the guy. Let me let me come out and put that right out there. I don't know him personally. I've never really met him, but you have, and kind of from what you said and the the stuff that I've seen on him, like like that's that's pretty freaking cool yeah. to build and restore the amount of Harleys that he has, and then be riding this one twice to the furthest north point, the furthest south point, the furthest west point, and the furthest east point in America. That's stuff that doesn't happen, especially in today's day. Exactly. So what you can do uh, to kind of just get a heads up is go to OzarkRides.com, go to the podcast page, and you'll find a video there of uh, Aaron and Dale Waxler together uh, talking about some of his adventures. Now, the video was made after his first trip to Alaska, but as I understand it, before the second trip. Mm. So, And he'll talk about that as well. So, you know, be sure to tune in on the next episode. I think you'll really like it. It will be interesting as opposed to all of the other episodes you listen to. If you've enjoyed our little podcast and perhaps you'd like to help support the podcast and Ozark Rides website, then you might consider becoming a club member. And you can do that simply by going to patreon.com forward slash Ozark Rides, or you can find a link at ozarkrides.com. Also, just a reminder You can also find the Random Thoughts from the Road podcast not only at Ozark Rides, but on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Things like Spotify, iTunes, Google, you know the list. So those are all the options out there for you if you're inclined. So until next time, Randy, thanks for showing up and drinking my whiskey. Oh, no. Thank you, good sir. Yeah. Didn't even touch the fruit. Please, sir. May I have another? No. That's expensive whiskey. No. (laughs) What's expensive? Everything's expensive. Everything is expensive. So next week, Randy will have a glass of Mad Dog 2020. We're (laughs) we're cutting back. He broke the bank on this one, guys. (laughs) And until next week, uh, stay on two wheels and always ride safe. 